If you would, um, let's open the scripture to Psalm 145. And let's continue to commend to one another the glory and the hope of Jesus. And before we do that, I just want to simply say, Jesus, I prayed earlier that you would give us by your grace wisdom. And so I pray that you would do that. God, I, with all of the failures and frailties that I bring to the table, I ask for more than the best that I have. I ask for you. Jesus, as we open scripture, I ask that you would bring revelation, that you would bring your spirit and your presence, that God, the one name and the one hope standing at the end of this gathering would be the name of Jesus Christ. His blood, it makes us whole. His blood, it makes us one. And his blood is our heart cry. And so God, strange as neighbors, we sit together at your feet and just feast upon what you have to say to us. In the glorious name of Jesus, we pray and we ready ourselves. Amen. 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 And so on, on the screen right now are just some statements we've been talking about this summer. Kids are kind of easing out. And if you would, if, yeah, if you would turn with me to Psalm 145, I want to land here and just sharing what's core to us. If you were here last weekend, we... Um, we kind of centered ourselves in this, this truth that it's all about and for Jesus. And we did that at the communion table, just reminding of ourselves that, um, that as much as we plan and strategize and think the Lord really doesn't need that from us, he invites us into his story, but our greatest wisdom is so pelling in comparison to sitting at the cross of Jesus and praying and seeking his face. And, and most of what we do, and, and uh, a lot of, of what, actually about 100% of what I've been about as, as far as the advance of his kingdom has been looking back and saying, Lord, you were so gracious and good at that time. I happened to stumble into your grace and goodness and your story that you were writing. And I'm so grateful for that. And most of my great God stories are looking backward as opposed to the glorious interventions of my own mindset. It's just simply saying, God, we love you and we are praying that you would be glorified among us and we respond to you. Um, as you see the statements, uh, the bold one is where I would like to land today. It's not the ending. And in fact, next weekend, um, Dad will be talking about what it means to carry the gospel locally and globally for the sake of the advance of Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm already excited. Uh, Kenny, you're in the room. You're training to fly. Um, we'll have sitting in this room next weekend um, a couple who are in um, Southeast Asia flying uh, where the gospel does not prevail and for most is not known. And so that will be preaching in context of a couple who are here who are saying, how do we carry the name of Jesus globally for his sake? We'll also end this service sending two of our own out uh, to south southern portion of Africa. So it's a pretty sweet day right now. I love this day, and so I, I think that our response, our ability to step into the God story is just really this, a response of worship. It's our corporate response and our personal response to say, Lord, we respond because we love you. It's just our response to Jesus for who he is and what he has done. Um, here's a sentence that I wrote. Uh, actually, I, I probably was reading a book by Jeff Christofferson and stole this, but I don't remember, so I'm going to stick with Jeff wrote it, and I have nothing to offer. We really at this church want to be a group of friends who are giving ourselves a way to build the kingdom of God. We're not building a small kingdom here. We're about the kingdom of Jesus Christ and glorying and reveling in his kingdom. And so I want to say that again because I like for that to sink into your soul and what this is about, the gathering of the body of believers. 
we're really wanting to be a growing group of friends. I'm feeling just happy right now. We want to be a growing group of friends who are sharing life together, and we're looking at one another and saying, we're building the kingdom of Christ. We're advancing the name of Jesus. We're about his kingdom. And if you wonder why we would do that, let me halt back to Acts 1-3. After the resurrected Jesus had resurrected, and after the, the, the blood uh, shorn Jesus had given his life on the cross, he came back among his people. In Acts, the first chapter, the third verse, he suffered, he presented himself alive to them by convincing proofs, appearing to them over 40 days. And here's what he spoke about. Why don't you guys respond to the cross? Why don't you guys respond to the empty tomb? Why don't you worship? And why don't you in your worship carry my name to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth? And he sat among them for the next 40 days and talked about the kingdom. And I wonder in this body of believers, I just wondered in this body of believers how we would respond and what we think Jesus would talk to us about for 40 days. Should he just come and sit among us? I mean, what would that look like to talk about the kingdom? I started daydreaming it this weekend just or throughout this week as I prepared for this idea of worship and response to God. And I just really um, came up with so many good things. But the part that just made me laugh was where these guys are sitting with Jesus. The resurrected Jesus, the the scar. Jesus, the Jesus whose blood was shed for them, the Jesus who's standing among them and sitting among them and speaking among them. And he starts to say in his last days, oh, by the way, I'm going to head out. I'm leaving because the worship is glorious. But I'm telling you, there's something prolific. Can you imagine, for those of you that are maybe walking through some change or challenge in your life when you're sitting going, how is God going to sort this out? Some of you that are praying about getting on the plane in a week, how is God going to sort this out? Some of you that are preparing to go, only God knows where. Kenny Howard and Jocelyn, how is God going to sort this out? And he's just looking and sitting among them and saying, there is a kingdom. And here's what I want to promise you. I'm going to advance the kingdom and I'm going to advance my name and I'm going to do it through a worshipful response of hearts that are given to me. And I am going to, I'm going to infuse you with this powerful strength that you can't imagine. And so I know right now you would prefer I walk with you, but it is better that I go. And out of that was birthed what is, was called by many the book of the acts of the spirit of Christ. The book of the wonder of God. Don't we want to live in the middle of that saying, Jesus, how do we advance you well? I mean, he said, and he taught them in the centrality of the kingdom. And I, I just began to think, God, the acts of the spirit of Christ are kingdom expansion. The acts of the spirit of Christ, and I wish Rick Wheeler were in the room. He's preaching right now, and I've been praying for him and that. But Rick likes to um, laugh about my dad because my dad has multiple quips. In fact, one of them will come out um, next weekend. I'm sure that we should be pushing back darkness. They have about your top 20 in their playlist right now. And the acts of the spirit of Christ, where we're gathered right now, we're gathering in saying, Jesus, King of heaven, glorious one, the one who has poured his blood upon us, Jesus the glorious one, mobilize us for the sake of your kingdom. Help us to be worshipers in spirit and in truth. Allow us to respond to who you are and all that you have done with our hearts and our lives, our minds and our strength. Lord, we want to step in the middle of this and ask because you have been light to us today and we're a group of friends who want to advance the kingdom together. 
And we're very passionate about that. Lord, how do we, as your group of people, sharpen and push one another to carry the kingdom of Christ, to push back darkness? That's, that, that's all the early church was about. When Jesus sat and talked with them for 40 days, they stood up and they scattered all over for the sake of the cross of Christ and the empty tomb. Thank you. I mean, we're going to push back darkness. There will be light emerging in places never seen. There will be good news. Ben um, Cannon shot me a song this week that's just, um, I can't remember the name of it because I'm terrible at titles. There's another one in the fire or something like that. I just started thinking about, God, what did you do as you sat among them? And then what did they do? And I think you just storied the reality of the power of Christ that we will, when we step out boldly, we will experience another in the fire and we will... As Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, we will worship. We'll just stand in the middle of the advance of the king, and here's what we'll do. We will stand and walk and hold hands and worship and sing, and there will be notice taken, not of the great things that we do, but a great fourth that stands in the fire with us. I I love our students. They were just sitting in this morning. I didn't hear any amens from them either, but they were sitting in listening to Daniel and I I was listening to um, the leader speak of that and just kind of saying, what is it boldly to step in? I mean, literally to step into a realm and sleep in the middle of a den of lions. And I think this is, that's in the story that Jesus said. And he said, look, I don't want you to be misguided in this. You're gonna step into the fray of some of the most challenging lion infested situations in the world. Will you worship in the middle of them will you will you worship as a response to god both personally and corporately for the glory of the cross i i I find no greater joy than being with friends who are pursuing jesus together i find no greater joy than standing with one of our students who's in the room when i walked up to camp he immediately began talking to me and he was like i wrote his parents and i said your son just prophesied like he was speaking with this passion in his soul about the salvation that had happened the night before how he had been praying how god has spoken to him i love walking up to camp and having a student not say we played awesome volleyball this week i love a student saying jesus was speaking to me and i worship and salvation came to the ground may that be the truth of who we are I, I love walking with friends who are pursuing jesus when they walk on this campus and just begin to say jesus we love you we are venturing for the name of christ i love sitting in my small group and having um, one person tell a story and i've shared this already um, of of her ministry to singles single um, women who are found themselves pregnant and how we can just love them by the grace of christ and another one start weeping because she's working also with those who are in extraordinary painful industry and they're just weeping and I group and I'm just looking going I want to be with friends who worship and our worship both personally and corporately is a response to Jesus and it's a response to the goodness of who Jesus is and what that would look like I love last Sunday morning when I wrapped up the last people I walked away from where it was a person standing right there where Ben is except standing up and another couple who were heading to Poland and they're talking about their international ministries one of them hubbed in Jacksonville and the other going to be hubbed in Poland and they're just talking about the glory of the cross Because worship, after all, is our response to God, personally and corporately, for all, corporately, for all he is and all that he has done. And our only life response is to say, Lord, we we are made alive with you. And I I want to be really clear, and I've been praying over the next few moments that that the Spirit of Christ would do well. Together we're made alive with Jesus. And hear this, all of worship stands or sits 
or kneels or is found at the base of a beautiful cross. Just hear that again. At the center of all true worship stands a beautiful cross. A place where we say, Lord, bring your healing, bring your unconditional love, bring your grace and mercy, bring who you are. Bring all that you have done. And in the second, the fourth chapter of the book of John, there was this single sentence that launched, and this is coming on the screen now. I just want to read the first sentence. Believe me, woman. There's this extraordinary moment where Jesus is sitting with an extraordinarily vulnerable lady who is out in the middle of the day, and he gives the greatest theological diatribe, in my opinion, on worship to the most extraordinary person. Because this woman has come at midday because she's not currently living with her husband and she's had five before that. And so he's just sitting in the middle of the day and ends up in this great dialogue. But here's how he starts it. Believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Worship flows from a beautiful cross. Worship flows from a heart relationship with Jesus. Worshippers are those who worship him, heart and soul, spirit and truth. To worship Christ requires that you and I are made alive in Jesus. It does not require that you are a third generation Southern Baptist. It requires powerful and prolific words. The first two in John 4, believe me, that Greek word believe is pisteo, it literally means have your faith in me, follow me, pursue me, come after me, chase me, follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross, let's go. And this lady, by a miracle of the Spirit of God who was in hiding, became the first perhaps prolific missionary for the sake of the kingdom. People who would ignore her once she met Jesus and became a worshiper flocked to her who she carried to Jesus. That's the story of worship. That's the glory of worship. And Jesus just simply looks at us. I think and he says, look, if you want to have this personal and corporate response, believe me, at the starting, at the fulcrum of all worship is this glorious cross where we just simply come to Christ and say, I want to know you. The cross is the place of cruelty, punishment, suffering, pain. It's the place of execution. And the center of the worship is the gospel. At the center of worship is us standing before a cross and saying, I don't have this. And many of you have already blown me off at this point. Because you've settled for some form of religion in the Lord. I've, the Lord is drawing us and looking at us and setting down beside the jar that we brought to the table this morning, thinking that in some manner this jar made us pleasing to God. In some manner we could hand that to him and say, you drink, this is enough. And he's looking and going, no, no, no. What I have is living and it is pure and it is good and it is gracious. And I'm asking you to believe me. And when she did, that jar was fundamentally irrelevant. It says she left it there and went for the sake of the gospel of Christ. And I long for us at the center of this to say, Lord, at the center of this is the gospel. A a savior who laid down his life willingly. This is on the screen right now. He gave his life so that we would receive ours back. He's looking in the middle of this saying, you don't have a big story to write. You have a big Jesus to pursue. Believe me. And I believe the greatest fear that I have for the body of, of, of the church, I don't know, I was about to say the body of Christ, the body of Christ are a group of people who have come with all of our failures and frailties and laid them at the feet of the foot of the cross and said, oh Lord, I was so, so 
so thankful to sing the hymn of your blood that has purified me white as snow. When they started singing hallelujah, I wanted to come undone for who you are and what you have done and for all that you believe. This place of cruelty and punishment is also a place of healing, unconditional love, sweet embrace. From this cross comes salvation song. It's a place of embrace. From the cross of Christ, worship was near. And I, I, there was two encounters, and I, I, I just began to think about my favorite uh, view in, in the movie, um, I'm blanking on the movie, The Passion of the Christ is the particular scene where the Roman centurion is standing at the base of the cross and he is making this proclamation, surely he is the son of God. I mean, he was, he was there to hear Jesus choke out his last words. He is standing at the base of a dying, if not already dead Jesus, and making this declaration of belief. Surely he is the son of God, because at the place of the cross, salvation stands. And this, this particular scene, they penetrated the heart of Jesus, and his blood flowed, and, and quite literally, as it was portrayed, at least in this film, the centurion knelt before and made the declaration of the commendation of the worthiness of the cross of Christ, and the blood literally spilled over him. And any time I begin to consider the wonderful cross and this belief I have in Jesus, I ponder that I am kneeling beneath the blood of the cross of Christ, and it is washing me white as snow. See, worship is not something you go to. And worship isn't something you do. Worship is your response and my response to God, personally and corporately, for who he is and what he has done. And it's a full-on response to God saying, God, we, we begin at the cross. A Roman soldier who, with his friends, had stripped, beaten, mocked, and crucified Jesus. Oh, to our great relief knelt at the foot of the cross and received salvation. Oh Lord, that we would be filled with a room who believe, whose salvation song just rises up in our heart in this moment. Worship is our full throttle response to God. And worship begins at the foot of the cross. If we are to be a worshiping community, it will begin at the foot of the cross. And we will not move away from there. Worship is a verb. Robert Weber said this well, and I must move toward closing with this. We don't attend worship. I've already said those words. Worship is something you enter into with all of your might. You just kind of come in, and that's why it's beautiful. Like we, we, are, we are worshiping all week long, just simply singing to the Lord. God, you are so good, and we enter into that. The Psalms are filled with these words, these, this beautiful picture of worship. Worship is just a group of people who are saying, God, for all that you are and all that you have done, we worship you. I think we began, I did not read the psalm earlier, I want to read it now in Psalm 145, 13 and 14, where it was the fulcrum of that idea of the of the of the rescue of Jesus from his cross. Why would we have that? Because Psalm 145, 13 says, your kingdom, God, is an everlasting kingdom. And I kneel here at your kingdom and your glory. Your rule is for all generations. You are faithful in all of your words and you are gracious in all of your actions. The Lord helps all of us who fall to, he picks us up by compassion. He raises us all who are oppressed. Man, I just I want to respond to that going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for who you are and for what you have done. 
I want to respond with just action. The Psalms, as we read Psalm 145 throughout this summer, the Psalms are filled with action. I mean, when the church gathers, they shout to God. I know this is it's going to be a little stretch for most of us, but it's biblical. But they, they sing a new song. They dance before him. They clap their hands. I'm just, I'm just pondering right now. Um, I, w- I share with you last weekend, I was with my friend from Africa, the African pastor, who we, I mean, when we think we're closing the service, so I should try this in about five to 10 minutes. When we think we're closing the service, it's really just getting started. We're going to circle the room for about an hour singing, clapping, dancing. It's biblical. I, I was telling my, do- my daughter who's going to Africa this week, I said, I hope that you are undone. And I hope that you and your mom circle the church the Sunday you get back and they think you're crazy. Biblical, we sing songs, we dance for him, we clap our hands, we lift our heads, we tell of his might, we stand in awe, we meditate on his truth, we walk in his ways, we still our hearts. Here's what happens when we worship both personally and corporately. We lay down idols. And those things that are sitting enthroned in your life right now, they are on the ground if you've worshiped right now. If we've gathered corporately and responded to God, you have just set it aside and said, seriously, what is that in comparison to you, O Lord? For you are great. You are an everlasting God. True worship is a whole life response to God. He reveals, we respond. He discloses, we respond. He unveils, we respond. He loves, we return love. He calls, we answer and say yes. He leads, we follow. Worship is our response to God for who he is and what he has done. And I close with these words of John because they're better words than my own. John is the ultimate and quintessential worshiper joining with many in the early church. And John just started his gospel in this way. I want you to know the bookends of my life because I bookended last weekend. If you were here, the bookends of Acts are just the kingdom of God. Paul taught it, Jesus taught it. The bookend of the book of John is all about worship. I mean, think about John. Um, In him was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with him in the beginning. And here's what John then says. "I, I have beheld his glory. As a part of the early church, as one who in a few days will be um, exiled, I have seen his glory for who he is. It is the glory of the one and only. It is the son of God, and he is filled with grace and with truth. That is the launching of my life. My life is a whole-on response to God for who he is and what he has done, and I won't deviate from that. And when he gets to the end of his gospel, the bookends of the gospel of John, it's so good. This has become a prayer for this church as I was reading this throughout the last couple of the weeks. Here's the very last two verses of John. This is the disciple who testifies to these things and who wrote them down. We know this testimony is true. And then then this this is one of the best verses in all scripture. And there are also many other things that Jesus did that I can't tell about, but I've responded to. Hold on. I mean, my heart has been moved toward Jesus. If every one of them were written down, I suppose not even the world itself could contain the books that would be written. I like the translation. There are not enough libraries that we could build to retell of our response of worship for Jesus, of who he is and what he has done. And so the bookend of my gospel, the bookend that I have written to you is this. He is beautiful and he is glorious. Behold him, believe him, follow him, respond to him. See grace and see truth there. And as a result... 
there are not enough libraries to contain a whole life response to Jesus for who he is and what he will do among a community of faith that just says you are good. You are sufficient. You are gracious. You are beautiful. And so here's, here's how I'll bookend. Here, here, here's how I want to do life. I just want to walk with friends giving ourselves away to build the kingdom. I just, I just want to walk with friends who are giving themselves away to Jesus, their heart and soul, their mind and strength to say, Lord, we want to build your kingdom. We want to see your glory. We want to magnify your name in all of the earth. And if you would begin in my own soul, that would be beautiful, Jesus. Father, I pray that you would draw us as worshipers. Lord, you did it well in John 4. Would you do it in this room? People who just come to you in spirit and truth, clean hands, pure hearts, good grace, good God. You are beautiful. God, I pray that you would raise up a worshiping community who see you for who you are and for what you have done. And God, I pray that we would wholeheartedly give ourselves to you. Church, we close our service with song, with an altar that is open, with pastors who gather at the font to pray with you. If you would like to have someone pray for you, it would be our greatest joy. If you would like to bypass us and just kneel in an altar, please do. If you'd like to talk more about Jesus both now and as the service concludes, we count that a great joy and privilege to weekly experience. We really just like to close our service in worship. Spirit and truth worship. So I just invite you to stand in now, church, to sing of the good grace and the good hope and the good healing of God. And just respond to him as he sees fit. So would you stand? Would you sing? Would you pray? Would you worship? Would you speak with the pastor? Whatever God has put upon your heart.